will the, will the kids come forward? Um, and um, we did not purposely put you in the dark for the folks who are here. Um, we lost part of our lights. Um, Kobe, I think you were supposed to pay the light bills. Uh, we don't know what happened, but we've lost part of the lights. Uh, before communion, we will turn on the overhead lights. But for now, we'll just let you sit in the darkness. That way, when the lights come on, you'll be in the light, right? Hopefully, that's what happens. Hey there. How you doing today? Good? Did you wave to the, to the folks at home? I, I don't know if they can see you. You may have to stand up and wave. You can stand up and wave to them. There you go. Okay. Say hi. I bet you they're waving back. What do you think? Probably. No, you don't think so? Hmm, maybe not. I don't know. Well, tell me something. Um, why do you hang out with your best friend? Huh? Why? Okay. So because they wanted to spend time with you? Yes. Because you care about them? Because you haven't seen them in a while? Okay. So, so why do you talk to your best friend? Or do you not talk to your best friend? You do? Okay. Is there anybody here who doesn't talk to their best friend? Okay, that's good. We, that's good, because if you don't talk to your best friend, we may need to talk about what a best friend is. Why do you talk to your best friend? Yes? Oh, so you can share life with them, right? You can tell them things you may not tell everybody else, right? Good. Yes, sir. Okay, so you share about Jesus with them also because Jesus is important to you. Good. Anybody else? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I haven't seen you in a while, have I? Give me a five. All right, good deal. Okay, so this is what I want you to think of. Uh, we talk about prayer a lot, and we talk about um, uh, God. I want you to think of God and Jesus. I want you to think of them as your best friend, okay? A and, and I want you to do that because I want you to think about when you talk to God, you can talk to God just like you talk to your best friend. Did you know that? A and you can spend time with, with God because God cares about you, right? Uh, God, God loves you, and he wants to spend time with you, and God cares about what's going on in your life. So when we think about prayer, oftentimes we think about these things that we ask God for, but, but really prayer is just about communicating with God, just like you talk to your best friend. So, so when you think about God, I want you to think about the relationship you have with your best friend, and when you talk to God, when you pray, I want you to think uh, uh, Talk to God the same way you talk to your best friend. Can you do that? You want to try that this week? Maybe. Okay. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you, you repeat after me. We're, we're going to say a prayer. And um, maybe you can remember part of this, and you can say this each day this week. Okay? So we're going to start out this way. Okay, ready? You repeat after me. Good and loving God. I want to help other people know about your love. So help me to do all the things I can to share your love 
with others. And forgive me when I mess up. And help me to do better next time. Keep me connected with you all day long. Amen. All right. Good deal. Maybe I'll get that out there and you all can have that. Will you, will you try some form of that this week as you pray? You all can go back to your um, parents. As we, as we uh, venture into this study about a disciple's path, uh, we will be taking a look through the weeks at uh, spiritual practices. Um, and if you're reading the book, you're already familiar with uh, some of the, the spiritual practices that the author of A Disciple's Path highlights. Um, so each week we will focus on some different spiritual practices and, and we'll talk about the importance of those practices and, and how we might think about where we are and what next steps we need to take in, in a particular spiritual practice. But uh, before I talk, today we're going to focus on prayer, but before I, I talk about prayer, I just uh, wanted to, to make sure that we understand because sometimes we think of prayer and and reading scripture, and coming to worship, um, and uh, small groups, uh, we think of those things often as, as ends. In other words, we think that they are uh, things that we uh, uh, do, and when we do them, we're finished. But they are, actually, they are actually means by which we open ourselves up to God. You see, spiritual practices themselves don't do anything to us, other than open us up so that we can be connected to God, so that we can experience the presence of God, so that the Spirit can work within us to shape us and to transform us. And so these spiritual practices, these habits that we put into place, are, are things that allow us to live a lifestyle connected to God. Now, I find it interesting in, in our companion book that we're, uh, uh, that we're using this week, the author uh, talks about a, a study, an article he came across um, ab about um, heart patients. And it said a one in seven patients, after they have a heart issue, one in seven patients are willing to change their lifestyles so that their heart can uh, be healthier, so that they can change their body and, and the, and the um, stress it puts on their heart. One in seven. I wonder if uh, this is the same thing we experience in the church. We, we know the importance of these um, spiritual <laughs> habits. I don't know. Did I say something wrong? Um, we, we know the importance of these spiritual habits, um, and, and we, we know that we need to live a different lifestyle in order to be connected with God, uh, but yet we fail to put these into practice. 
1730, this is what John Wesley and Charles Wesley were experiencing in the church, in the, in the Anglican church. And uh, so they formed a, a, a group together with a few friends, and they began to take seriously these practices, these same practices that we will be talking about. Uh, in fact, they, they started to put them into practice so much um, that they became known as the Holy Club or the Holy Rollers. Um, and guess what? That was not an endearing term people used for them. Um, th- but they, they, they started to put these into practice, th- this lifestyle change, um, so that they could begin to lead lives that were centered or being centered in loving God and loving others. That's the root of our Methodism, and yet so often we fail to practice these spiritual habits that we know through time will make a difference. And so today we're going to take a closer look at prayer, and, and um, I thought originally I would read, um, we're so familiar, often when we talk about prayer, we read from Matthew or, or Luke about where Jesus teaches the disciples to pray. Um, and teaches the Lord's Prayer. But I thought we would take a look at a couple of different places where we see Jesus at prayer. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. This is Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, This is after he had left the supper, the Last Supper, and, um, and we are told that he made his way to the Mount of Olives, as was his custom, and his disciples followed him. And so it's important to see this is not just, often we think of this as something Jesus did just on this night, but this tells us that Jesus often, when he was in Jerusalem, would make his way to this garden with his disciples, for it must have been a place of prayer. And when he arrived, he said to them, pray that you won't give in to temptation. He withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down, and he prayed. He said, Father, if it's your will, take this cup of suffering away from me. However, not your will, but not my will, but your will be done. Then a heavenly angel appeared to him and strengthened him. He was in anguish and prayed even more earnestly. His sweat became like drops of blood falling on the ground. And when he got up from praying, he went to his disciples and he found them asleep. Overcome by grief, he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray so that you won't give in to temptation. Again, we find another prayer that Jesus prayed. It's in John 17. In fact, the whole chapter of, of John 17 is a, is a chapter of Jesus praying for and over his disciples uh, before his death and crucifixion. And I want to pick up this particular prayer, prayer beginning in, um, in verse 20. Um, after uh, Jesus has, pr- uh, uh, in the middle or toward the end of this prayer, this is what Jesus says. I am not praying only for them, meaning the the disciples in front of him, but also for those who believe in me because of their word. In other words, Jesus was praying for us. 
He was praying for everybody who would come to believe because of what disciples shared. He says, I pray they will be one. Just as you are in me and I am in them, I've given them the glory that you gave me so that they can be one just as we are one. I in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you loved me. And then I want to read one more passage. It comes from Philippians chapter 4. Um, it is, uh, it is uh, one of the letters that Paul wrote while he was in prison. And um, this is what he, was, he said to the church at Philippi as he wrote to them. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. Now, as we hear these, these prayers, as we hear um, Paul sharing and praying, um, I want us to think not just about how to pray. I think so often I, I, uh, people ask, um, how, do I, how do we pray? What's a, what's a good way to pray? And this week in, in your studies, you will be looking at ways to pray. But before we talk about how to pray, we really need to talk about why is it that we pray? Yes? I think sometimes we skip to the how, and unfortunately, we miss the why. In these passages, Jesus makes it clear. What does he say to the disciples when he says, come away with me and, and pray? He says, come away so that you might resist temptation. Uh, come and pray so that you might resist temptation. In John 17, uh, Jesus prays, and his prayer, in essence, is a prayer that to keep him connected and to keep the people of God. In other words, prayer is a way that we commune with God. We pray so that we might be in relationship with God. And then I love in Philippians where Paul talks about praying and he says, don't be anxious. When we feel anxious, we're to take that anxiety to God and to share it with God. And the results of turning things over to God in prayer and sharing them with God is that we might experience a peace that exceeds our understanding. Have you thought about prayer in that way? I wonder. You see, prayer is not just us giving God a list of what we want done. Prayer is not just us talking to God and telling Him what we want. 
Neither is prayer some magic that if we do it in some form or fashion or we get um, a certain threshold of people, like 50 or 100 people, uh, then it will happen. Prayer is not a means for us to manipulate God. The purpose of prayer is to deepen our intimacy with God. The purpose of prayer is to deepen our relationship and our intimacy with God. It is a way, uh, prayer is everything we do to communicate with and commune with God. A prayer is our means of staying connected to God. And in fact, I would argue if we, if we heard these passages well, Jesus, in essence, is not only teaching but demonstrating that prayer is the way that we prepare ourselves for life's challenges. Isn't that what Jesus was doing in the Garden of Gethsemane? He, he was preparing himself for the challenges that he knew were coming. And prayer was a way for him to be prepared for that. Prayer was a way for him to commune with God. And not only communicate to God that he was hoping that this would pass from him, but also, also to open himself up. And say, but I want to be aligned with you and your purposes. Prayer is not just a way for us to talk to God, but it is a way for us to hear from God. We forget that aspect of prayer so often. We get up, we say prayers, we tell God what we want, we give thanksgiving for what He's done, we say be with us throughout the day, and we say amen, and we run off. How would that work with your best friend? Yeah? If you were having a conversation with your best friend and you, you told them everything that was bothering you and, and you told them what you wanted, you, you gave thanksgiving for them and, and, and then you ran out the door and never gave them a chance to speak to you. How long would that friendship last? You see, prayer um, also is this way for us to hear from God. Prayer is a way for us to remain connected with God, to commune with God. In fact, I, I believe that prayer is this way in which we let God's creative love touch us in the deepest parts of our being. Prayer changes us, as, or prayer changes as we grow closer to God, though, I think. Have you noticed that? You know, I, I want to make, there's nothing wrong with learning uh, the, the Lord's Prayer. There's nothing wrong with, with uh, learning how to pray. But I'm afraid if we don't understand the why of prayer, if we don't understand it's to deepen our relationship, that at some point in time, most folks, as they grow deeper in they, their faith, they get to a point where simply saying a prayer where I just list to God all my wants and desires and even intercessories for other people, uh, that prayer becomes a bit dry. 
And it becomes ineffective because it's all about us talking to God instead of listening to God. You know, it's like the relationship that my wife and I have. You know, this is, this is when we were dating, um, I, I had to say a lot of words to convince her that she could, should keep going out with me. Yeah? I, I, I mean, I, mean I, I needed to tell her all the good things about me, right? Um, and, and hopefully show her a few of those things. But, but it, it involved a lot of words. You know, now... Now, uh, how many years of marriage now? 1980. I can't add that high. Um, a, a, after um, 36, 35, 36, I don't know. All I know is it's good. See, that's how you recover. Um, but, but, but what I've learned in our relationship is that we can just be in the same room with each other and we don't have to share words and we're in community with each other. Do you all know what I mean? Hopefully some of you have that relationship with your spouse. We can drive 17 miles in the car and we don't have to talk the entire 17 hours. You see... There comes a point when you realize that the relationship we have is not so much about the words as it is about sharing presence and communion with one another. Do you hear me? And that's why it's important for us to understand what prayer is, why we pray. Because if we pray just thinking that our prayers are intended to tell God what we want and wait and see if he answers them, we're going to be disappointed. But if we understand that prayer is the way that we deepen our intimacy with God, it's a way in which God gets to know us better and it's a way in which we get to know God better. It's a way in which we learn God really cares about us because I can, I can say what is on my heart and I don't have to worry that God's going to run away from me. I can say things to God that I don't even necessarily want God to fix. I just want to be able to voice them and I know that God hears me and cares about me. And then I can take the time to listen and to pay attention to what the Spirit has to say to me. I can wait and allow God to help realign my heart and my ways and my actions with His. So that not only might I experience communion with God in His love and grace, but so that I might go into the community and share that same love and grace. And so my challenge, my challenge for us this week, as we think about prayer, as we read about prayer, as we practice prayer, begin to think of prayer as this opportunity to deepen your relationship with God. Look at where you are today in that relationship and determine what next steps you might need to take so that you might 
enter into the fullness of communion with God through prayers. I don't know about you, but the longer I journey with God, the, more, the harder time I have separating life from prayer. The more time I spend with God, the more prayer and life are so intermingled that I just go through, on a good day, I go, out, I go through the day in conversation and in awareness of God's presence. And when I do that, I find uh, that I'm more attentive to other people. I find that I'm uh, uh, more uh, gracious and loving. And when I know that I have failed to be in connection with God, do you want to know what a day without prayer looks like? Now, maybe you all don't have any of those days. You, you know pastors have days where we just get so busy we forget to connect with God too? It happens. And you probably don't want to be around me on those days. Because I become more irritable. I, I, I get more, I, I get a heavier heart. I have more anxiety. I focus more on myself than other people. And I can become cynical. But when I go throughout my day, seeking, as Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians, you know, in 1 Thessalonians 5, I think it's chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 18, I think, he, he says, rejoice always and pray constantly. Pray continuously. When I do that, I find that I am a much more effective disciple of Jesus Christ. And that I am truly able in those moments to live and to love like Jesus. Because I am in tune with the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit working in and through me. So this week, this week, may you take the time to communicate with God. Not just a one-way communication but a communication where you sit and listen to what God has to say to you. It won't happen overnight, but over time, if we practice prayer in this way, we, too, will be unable to separate life and prayer. And we will find that we can live every moment of every day in communion with God. May that be our goal. Amen.